the descriptive portion taken for today is taken from Psalm 126, the whole song. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in Egypt. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Here ends the reading of the scripture. Thank you, Pastor, for reading uh, the scripture portion for us today. Uh, as we all know, we are going through uh, this great uh, God's promises, you know, given in the book of Psalms, God's promises. Uh, today, I'm sure God is speak, going to speak to each one of us. God is going to bless this time because, because of the pandemic, we are, you know, separated from one another. But I'm sure God has his own way of doing things. Let us submit ourselves in God's presence and be receptive to, you know, what is going to talk to each one of us this morning. And I request your attention for the next 20, 25 minutes uh, as we are going to look into a very important passage about God's promise. Are we eligible to get this promise? Uh, we will go through uh, this uh, Psalm 126. Please keep your Bibles open. Uh, we are going to talk about God's promise on restoration. God's promise on restoration. Uh, throughout the Bible, you know, right from the beginning of Genesis chapter 3, to the last book of Revelation, we learn about God's divine restoration plan for the mankind. As per this plan, you know, God sent his only begotten son into this world to provide salvation to everyone. We have celebrated Christmas uh, hardly uh, 15, 20 days back. Uh, that was the celebration of God's restoration plan by sending his only begotten son. At the same time, there are restorations taking place in everyone's life, you know, when we take the stand to follow Christ, you know, our life is being restored. Uh, there are various examples of, you know, God's restoration process in the New Testament. Behind each restoration story, there, there are instances of captivity, slavery, cruelty, willful disobedience, sin, so on and so forth. You know, the Bible tells the story of Joseph who was sold by his brothers and we know how he was restored. And Joel records how the defeated nation of Israel was scattered and its people were traded you know, in Joel 3.2. Amos describes poor people being sold, trampled on, denied justice and oppressed by their own people. Uh, it's quoted in Amos chapter 2, 6 to 7. Behind each of these instances, each of these stories, God's plan for providing justice and restoration is also made 
abundantly clear. After the Israelites were set free from slavery in Egypt, they were called to live a worthy life as God's covenant people. They were told to always remember God's goodness and mercy and also not to forget their early life existed before the restoration. Now, when we talk about restoration, you know, let us go a little deep into this. You know, this is my, one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 126. Last week we saw Psalm 125. Uh, so I have, you know, talked, shared about the Psalm in many times uh, in, you know, when I was in charge of, you know, exaltation, giving exaltation as a leader of the service in the past. Uh, today we will continue to meditate on God's promise of, promises available to us and more particularly how God promises reveal his restoration plan to each one of us. Are we eligible for getting this? Are we part of this restoration plan? And uh, the Psalm 126 is, as we saw, you know, this is one of the songs of ascents, you know, as the pastor was also sharing about it. Uh, this is the song sung by the Israelites while they were on a pilgrimage, you know, probably they were climbing on the Mount Zion or they were on their journey towards the temple of Jerusalem. So they were singing all these songs, you know, they're recollecting what God has done in their lives. And last week we saw about how Israelites depended on God, Yahweh, who was their refuge and fortress in the times of trouble. God promised them that they can look up to this mountain Zion for their security and safety. Like uh, Psalm 125, 126, is also a song sung by the Israelites after they return to their land from their captivity from Babylon. This is a very short song, you know, beautifully depicts the spiritual dependence of people on God and their hope in him for restoring their lives and livelihood in their land and God's promise available to him for meeting their every need. By just plain reading of this Psalm 126, you know, it looks as if it's just another psalm, but when I was sitting and preparing, it has a great and rich meaning, and you know it's applicable to you and me. It is applicable to present days. So I would request you to, you know, uh, come in this time as I pray, and I'm going to, you know, ask God's uh, blessings upon us as we proceed further in knowing God, what God is in store for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful time you have given to us as your children, we are here this morning to know about your restoration plan in our lives, how you have been working slowly and steadily in our lives, Lord, so that we can come closer to you. We can understand your mightiness, your faithfulness in our life, Lord. At times, we forget, tend to forget about your greatness and about your mightiness. But at this time, we humbly submit ourselves into your precious hands so that you are going to touch each one of us. You are going to speak to each one of us and also reveal and re reassure your plan in our lives, Lord, so that we'll be reassured this morning, knowing fully well that you are in control of our lives. You are going to do great and amazing things through us in the days to come. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I have divided this and the theme of the chapter into three sections uh, through which God may speak to us uh, this morning. The fun, first one is about the promise to redeem us. The second one is about the promise to restore us. The third one is about the promise of his blessing that is a reaping to his people. Let us go, go to the point number one, redemption. 
keep your Bibles open. Uh, I'm, uh, the verse one of uh, one twenty six says, "When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed." It was the Lord who brought them back to Zion from their captivity. You know, it was like a dream come true for them. The verse two says, it goes on to say, their mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Uh, we can see here the redemption brought back laughter in their lives to put an end uh, to their hardships as they were redeemed from the bondage of slavery. You know, their laughter was real. It was meaningful. You know, they were able to sing with joy in celebrating what God, God has done for us, for them. And, you know, it's, it's a times of trouble. When, when we're going through a very difficult patch of, you know, time, it's very difficult to laugh. You know, have you ever tried to laugh when you're in a sickness? You know, even though you laugh, it does not make any sense. It's not like a laughter which is coming from the heart, you know. Uh, it's not like a laughter. You sit in front of a TV and watching a standard comedy show and you laugh. You know, that is not kind of a laugh. laugh. Here, the Israelites were able to laugh because of the fact that God is doing great things in their midst. Let us rewind the history a little backward, you know, uh, in, in, in the Israelites' history. When the city of Jerusalem was invaded by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, the in, invading army created terror in the minds of the people. You know, the Jerusalem temple, which was the most important element, aspect of every Israelite was completely destroyed before the very eyes of the people. The second chronicle chapter 36, 19 explains, they set fire to God's temple and broke down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned all the palaces and destroyed everything of value there. So the people were carrying the memories of this horrible act of violence during their exile period in Babylon. Now they are back in the town, in the, in, in the land, and, but they are still carrying the memories. You know, 70 years had passed uh, and the majority of the older generation would have died by now. And uh, whatever uh, the people who are remained are mostly uh, a new generation Israelites. But at the same time, you know, they must have heard the stories about the misery they had, uh, you know, faced, the forefathers had to undergo. And of course, as a new generation, they were longing for freedom in their mind. <clears throat> now they are back in their own land. Now they are singing this song, 126 song. Throughout the history, we may come across, you know, many stories of people's migration from one place to another. You know, we read about a lot of stories about migration. During partition, you know, what happened? The people from both sides of the borders, you know, migrated to the, the respective territories and people were displaced. And <clears throat> the people who have crossed borders were, you know, in fact, they were terrified. You know, probably they forgot how to laugh. You know, they were not happy. They were not, they were going through a lot of hardship. They've lost everything. The Israelites were in a similar situation after a long period of oppression and slavery. Now they are redeemed and brought back to their land. Just visualize their situation there. So there was joy and jubilation among them. The new generation is able to recollect the stories told by their forefathers, explaining how they were living in Jerusalem before they were exiled. And about the streets they were playing, the houses they were living, and many, many stories they would have you know, shared with their children. 
Now they are able to see what is happening before their eyes. Now they are able to see and they were able to walk on the same streets with freedom as there was no one to question them or they must have re realized that the meaning of uh, sense of belongingness to the city of Jerusalem. So they were naturally, they were laughing. They were, you know, their hearts were filled with gratitude, thanksgiving. They were so happy and their mouths were filled with laughter. Yes, we can, you know, relate the story of you know, redemption, redemption uh, to our own lives. You know, it, it is applicable to each one of us. When we were under the bondage of sin and slavery before we were redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, when we became children, uh, we were, you know, like that. You know, we were early life was different. <laughs> After God redeemed us, the new life was entirely different. The redemption, redemption experience gives us hope and joy. When we were in bondage, when we were under, you know, misery and the, our laughter was deceptive. It was not meaningful. When God redeemed us from our bondage of sin, we can truly feel the joy and the sense of release. You know, uh, in DBF, we used to sing uh, this song, I am so glad Jesus set me free. I am so glad Jesus set me free. I am so glad Jesus set me free. Free, singing glory, hallelujah, Jesus set me free. It's a beautiful song. You know, now, nowadays we don't see it's an old song, old pattern song. So when we clap and sing, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. This is the redemption song. Each one of us should sing. A strange joy fills our hearts and assurance of salvation becomes real when we realize that God is the one who redeems us and he's the one who is going to lead us. How many of us have this transformation experience? You know, Christ has redeemed us by sacrificing himself. <clears throat> As Apostle Paul puts it in the book of uh, Ephesians, uh, it's, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse, um, chapter one, verse 7. <clears throat> in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with riches of God's grace. Forgiveness of sins in accordance with riches of God's grace. So God who is the one who redeems us. The second point, the God is the one who is going to restore us, the restoration. The second point about God's promise is to restore us. The verse four talks about <clears throat> the prayer of Israelites in asking God for restoration. I request your attention uh, to verse four. They prayed, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Restore means bring back the original condition or to reestablish. Uh, before they were exiled, the Israelites were very prosperous people. We all know, we read about them. After they inherited the promised land, they were living in prosperity. It was truly a milk, a land of milk and honey. During the periods, you know, when we read the Leviticus and after that, you know, <clears throat> Chronicles, uh, we, you know, and second, first king and second kings, this land was ruled by many kings. You know, the land, uh, the kingdom of Israel and Judah uh, were ruled by many kings. There were periods of prosperity and also there were periods of anxiety. During the later years, you know, even though the both kingdoms went through difficult times with many kings who went against the God's plan. However, during the later part, uh, particularly in the kingdom of Judah, 
there were some good kings, you know, kings like Hezekiah, who helped in keeping up this tradition of celebrations of Passover, and also he established temple worship. <clears throat> and King Manasseh, uh, he, though he was a very wicked king, <clears throat> later he was transformed. Uh, in, in, uh, in Chronicles, you know, he's, he's, he's explaining about beautiful repentance prayer King Manasseh offers, and God acknowledged that. And King Josiah was another good king. He was a reformist. You know, he brought many reforms in temple worship, and he celebrated festival of Passover in a very grand manner. So during this period, there was uh, a great, you know, relief, and uh, the people were living in prosperity. So when here in Psalm 126, when Israelites prayed, restore our fortunes, they probably meant that the prosperity, religious practices and temple worship should be once again brought back in Jerusalem. They must have heard from their parents, from their forefathers, from the grandparents, how God was gracious in taking care of their lives when they were, you know, settling in the promised land. They must have even heard about the wondrous way in which Israelites were led much, much earlier times <clears throat> when they were led to the, prom to the promised land from the slavery in Egypt. Now they are pleading to God that their fortune may be restored. They sang, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams of Negev. The streams of Negev get revived, you know, immediately after the rainfall. It is, a, you know, the riverbed is, it goes dry during summers. There is no water at all. But when, after the rainfall, immediately, the flush flow of water grows through the river path and the, the water wets the land and brings back the life of flora and, flora and fauna along the banks. Oh no, it gives a very pleasant picture when the water flowing and the vegetation gets revived. So when the Israelites were praying, Lord, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams of Negev. It's a refreshing thing. It's a restoration. Bring back the originality. Bring back the plan God intended for us. This is the prayer the Israelites pray. As we see in the history, wherever, whenever the people were displaced as refugees, the host country, the other government takes steps to restore them. In other words, uh, they, they provide, uh, you know, plans to rehabilitate them. This happened uh, in, in, during post-partition period. It's this happening in Europe when, you know, a lot of refugees, you know, moved across from Europe and Asia, Middle East, uh, and reached uh, uh, and sought asylum in many countries in Europe. So the rehabilitation, God who redeems us, likewise, God who redeems us, restores us to point number one, he redeemed us. And when he redeems us, he's going to restore us, you know. He redeemed us from the bondage of sin, and he's going to reestablish our status in him. Our faith will get stronger. You know, I have come across so many testimonies of people from other faith on how they had to go through a period of persecution from the family members after they have, after they have accepted Christ. I'm sure you all must have heard many stories. You know, there are times of hardships and loss of peace at home. But over a period of time, you know, God's promises are living. You know, it's not a false one. It is living. Over a period of time, we, you know, I have heard from the very mouths of the people who, you know, underwent persecution and there was a restoration taking place in their homes. The relationship with their family members were reestablished. 
the god who redeems us is able to restore us to when the fresh rain water rolls down the streams of negev it brings back freshness and life like that when we decide to follow christ he promises to restore the real joy peace and happiness <clears throat> in our lives the lord who redeems us is the one who restores us now the third point going to talk about dripping when the israelites came back to their land they would have realized you know they need to go get down to work you know now they are new in the in the, in the land new in the city and the fertile land is awaiting for them uh, to be you know used and uh, they have to they need to be, the, the fertile land needs to be prepared to give them food you know there are no shops there are no department stores from where, where they can buy stuff and keep them you know uh, yeah, for the eating and everything and they have to work hard now it does not happen overnight it is a process they have to undergo they have to work in their fields there is an immediate need which needs to uh, which need immediate needs to be met here they have to really work hard in the new environment against all odds so when you read the further 5 and 6 of the same song it's talking about their the future needs the needs that which is real if you ask a farmer he will tell you how difficult it is to be an agriculturalist you know <clears throat> before sowing the seeds they have to prepare the ground by plowing and watering it once it is ready sow the seeds at this time a farmer experience you know great amount of uncertainty the success of the crop will depend on many factors such as you know enough adequate rainfall uh, protecting growing crop from the insects animals and birds proper nurturing of the crops which are adequate in a nurture in a manure and fertilizer etc sometimes bad weather or excessive rain uh, uh, rainfall will completely spoil the crop and the farmer will run into loss he has to wait all over again for the whole cycle uh, to redo redo the farming and recover the loss so it is very difficult you know they they are realizing the life is going to be difficult because now they are happy they are back in their home but now they have to get on to their work you know it's very very difficult to see uh, uh, it is very difficult our christian life is like that we need to struggle to see the fruits of our labor in other words we have to wait to get answers to our prayers at times many times we sow in tears that is what we are talking uh, we are seeing here those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy the psalmist writing like this the israelites were singing sometimes our prayers do not get answered the way we want it isn't it we all agree with me i was sowing in tears maybe related to our financial you know hardship Uh, that nagging sickness which is not going away or about an unsaved family member hardship due to a loss of job the pandemic situation it can be anything you know at times you know it's very difficult we or each one of us are sowing in tears every day my dear brothers and sisters are you sowing in tears today or am i sowing in tears today do not despair the promise of god is available to us through verse 6 how beautifully you know depicts verse 6 of the psalm says those who sow in tears 
will reap with songs of joy. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. This is possible because God's comforting and reassuring presence is with us. You know, sometimes our tears are overwhelming. The situation lingers more than we are able to endure. This also brings in doubts in our minds whether God is listening. You know, sometimes it's, it's really you know, testing our patience. Lord, are you listening? You know, I've been praying about this request for the past many years, but nothing is happening. You know, the year 2022 has started with uncertainties. We all went through a very difficult time, 2020 and 2021. We thought, you know, 2022 with vaccination, everything is available now. Uh, we are going to start a fresh year and beautiful year, and it's going to be a blessed year. And see where we are now. It looks like we are going to face it another year of challenge, which is a much bigger challenge, which may bring situations of more tears and sorrows to many of us. Are we ready? As we are at the beginning of this new year, let us cling to the promise of God. That is the only hope we have. We have seen in the last week also, you know, God is a Zion, like a Mount of Zion. You know, we can take shelter under him. As we are beginning this new year, let us cling to the promise of God. God has kept our tears in his account. You know, the psalmist in chapter, in the Psalm uh, chapter 56, 8, says, record my lament, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? You know, this beautiful verse, but I like the King James version in translation of King James version of this verse, which says, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? Put my tears into your bottle. You know, he's talking to a God who created him. Put your tears in your bottle. How, you know, how many of we, we shed tears? And it's never-ending process. But, you know, here the reassuring word is God has kept all our tears in a bottle. And it is, he has recorded all our, you know, pleadings in his book. So the reassuring word is, you know, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Is this a promise available to you and me today? What do we have to be, be part of this promise? You know, how do we qualify to be partakers of this God's promise? In closing, I would like to read a few verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 20 to 22. I'm going to read three verses from this chapter. <clears throat> For no ma matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This is a reassuring verse, you know, an encouragement. Apostle Paul is writing Corinthian church. You know, in Christ, his promises are his and amen. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Is there anything hindering us, you know, in believing and putting our hope on God? So today we may be sowing in tears, but 
the reaping is coming. God is going to bring much, much blessings in our lives. If we believe that, if we commit ourselves in God's hand, God is going to bless us. He's going to encourage us. God is going to do miraculous things before our eyes. Dear brothers and sisters, can we put our trust on the promise of God? The promise is, once again, I repeat, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. God who redeemed us, who restored us, will also enable us to see the fruits of our faith. May God bless each one of us and enable each one of us to walk according to his will. And let us experience God's freshness, God's restoration. We are part of his, his great restoration plan and commit ourselves in God's hand. Let me pray. <clears throat> Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. Those who sow in tears will reap in joy, with joy. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your promises. Your promises are true. It's available to us. Encourage our hearts, Lord. Continue to be with us. Continue to speak to us. Enlighten us, Lord, with your mighty presence so that we are not, Lord, get, get succumbed to the worldly pressure, Lord. When we face un, uh, difficult situations, Lord, we can cling to your promise because your promises are true. It is in Christ, which is yes and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. Continue to bless us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.